The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we have a former commercial airline pilot and whistleblower on the presence of toxic elements in aviation, generally known as the aerotoxic syndrome. He is also the organizer of the Open Mind Conferences in the Netherlands. As a Dutch citizen, he is very concerned about the direction his country and the enslaved humanity in general are heading for. The Netherlands, like most other European countries, is no longer a sovereign country, but has been hijacked and occupied by imperialistic forces with a dark agenda. All this is facilitated by corrupt puppet governments that are controlled by a psychopathic elite. The parasitic influences that control and manipulate humanity by relentless social engineering, also known as mind control programs, can only be battled from a higher state of consciousness. And hopefully, his research and tonight's discussion can help raise that collective level of awareness. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guest is Willem Felderhoff. Willem discusses mind control, natural law, consciousness, sharing information, and uniting. All of this is crucial to this effort. His website is dutchanarchy.com, which is also linked at ours. And directly from Den Haag, the Netherlands, Willem Felderhoff joins us today. Hello, Willem, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Hello, Mel. Good morning or good afternoon. Uh, I'm doing good. It's good to be here. Thank you. Likewise, it's very late where you are, and I always appreciate those of you in other parts of the world when you join us so late. Willem, I had a chance to watch a few videos, first of all, about your story. I want to give a perspective to the audience first. You were a former KLM pilot, and something happened. Why don't you take us from there? Tell us your story, and then we'll dive right into the interview. Okay, that's um, that's good. Well, I always was very much uh, fascinated by aviation from from a little actually from a little boy. I was uh, uh, yeah, I was obsessed with aviation and uh, airplanes, always looking at the sky. So when I finally became a pilot, it was it was a dream coming through. Uh, it took a while. First, I went in the army and did the special forces Green Berets here in Holland. And then I did all kinds of other work before I started the School of Aviation. That was in 1990. And from there on, I could uh, start my uh, my profession as a pilot. And that uh, continued till 2013. So uh, about two, 25 years, I've uh, been operational as an, as an airline pilot, commercial airline pilot. And what happened that you had to suddenly retire in 2013? Well, this was a, a long process actually, because uh, I started to uh, to get uh, health problems. My health started to deteriorate in the when I was flying, and it took took me at least seven, eight years before I really could could conclude for myself that this was caused by by my profession as a pilot that there was something in in uh, at my work 
which caused this health deterioration because before that I had all kinds of other causes which might be the be um, um, the cause of this this health problems but uh, when I had excluded like everything I changed my whole life my diet my way of life uh, life you know the stress factors all kinds of other um, yeah uh, things which might have caused this health uh, deterioration uh, I excluded so uh, at a certain point I come to the conclusion that this, this was caused by my uh, by something at the work and uh, for myself I concluded that it had to do with the air because I could clearly see that that it was not always the same you know the after certain flights we would uh, I had much more problems than on other flights so it, it was it differs per airplane per uh, per stretch, so there was a, uh, it was not a fixed thing, but I was for myself, I was quite sure that it had to do with the air. So, but it, that took like 10 years, and you get, I got diagnosed first because the, the problem started with migraine, with headaches. So then you go to the doctor of the of the company, and I got diagnosed in the first time I got diagnosed with burnout, of course. This is the this is the diagnosis you get when a doctor doesn't know what it is often. So then uh, you stop flying, I stopped flying because I, I thought it made sense. I was in a divorce and all kinds of other stressful factors. People were dying here in family and uh, all kinds of things which I thought, well, it makes sense. So I stopped flying for th like three or six months and then uh, the problems, the symptoms, were less so I thought this is a burnout but then I went back flying and then the, the problems came back again so that that was twice I was diagnosed with burnout and then I knew that this is, has this has to do with with something on the on the work floor and and with the air so it took about 10 years before I knew that it has to do had to do with uh, with with the air but I didn't know anything yet um, I was also an instructor so I saw a lot of uh, other crew crew members on the flight simulator and I was always asking how's your health doing and I saw I was not the only one with health problems um, especially cognitive problems you know memory concentration problems uh, memory loss these kinds of things especially these th things kinds of things you don't want to have uh, as a pilot but um, uh, I finally met a, met a man who um, said there's something there's a guy here who uh, is retired and he had something with uh, oxygen poisoning or something like that. So I contacted him and he said, no, this has to do with uh, with exposure of nerve gas components, organophosphates, which are the result of a design fault in the engine. And uh, that is causing this so-called aerotoxic syndrome. So from then on, I started to take air samples and all kinds of uh, machines in the beginning with me when I was flying. And they were all tested positive on this compound of uh, of organophosphates, tricrystal phosphate to be exact. And this is a neurotoxin. So uh, this, this this was causing these neurological problems. So then I started. Uh, I became in 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 a uh, sort of battle with uh, with this airline because they said, well, this is not not because of that. So then the battle started, and that took also about uh, two to three years, which finally uh, resulted in a lawsuit and 
Yeah, so uh, and then in 2013-14, I had to stop at a certain point because I was, yeah, I was, I was literally dying. I mean, I was in intensive care units in and out. It was very, it was like a sort of movie. But um, so I had to stop with this. I but, saw, um, I saw your videos, and you were doing a video diary every time you would land somewhere. You would report how you felt, and you were obviously very emotional because flying was your life. And for anybody, I, I wasn't a commercial pilot, but I used to fly before, and I know the, you know, how you feel about flying, especially if it's your career. And because of this, you had to stop your passion. How did you feel about that? Well, that was, uh, I mean, that that's very sad as well. The, but it was more my health. I mean, to, to have neuro neurological. Um, deterioration due to exposure of nerve gas is pretty pretty bad it's it's not a nice thing i mean this is a chemical chemical warfare agent it destroys the nerve system so my nervous system was quite damaged um and some people are more sensitive than other people uh, uh, because we all have a different constitution and i have certain enzyme mutations so because of that i've i am bad able to detoxify of these organophosphates especially so it builds up in the system so in my case i'm in this category of so-called bad detoxifiers this is a group of three to five percent of the population so that that's a lot of people um so it's it it's and I was taking this video diary because I thought, well, if I die, because this was during this uh, this battle when they put me back in the aircraft every time because they said they stopped my salary, so they said, no, uh, you're gonna fly, and it's not because of this. And if you don't fly, you don't get a salary. So they put me back in the aircraft, uh, do flying again, but I was in such a bad shape, so being exposed again. Uh, was pretty serious. I thought I'd take a diary, video diary, and if 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 I die, you can send this to the uh, to the press, or they can release this, and then this is quite an evidence. It was this documentary was quite quite recently uh, broadcasted. That this video diary was a very small um, piece of the whole thing, actually. But um, you see my health deteriorating there, actually, in this in this short period. You see what's happening before and after the during and after the flight. So it's, it was pretty strong evidence, powerful evidence, because you see something, you see somebody breaking. And I, I mean, this is what happens with a lot of people, of course, in, in corporations, which, uh, which uh, have these kinds of practices, but you don't see that, of course. So that, that was, it was quite powerful to see somebody breaking in that sense. What is aerotoxic? syndrome and what is your involvement in bringing this topic out to the mainstream well my case was uh, sort of unique in the sense that i had a very good doc documented so i had i had built up a, a whole do a medical dossier um with all this evidence and uh, also all my results of the air samples blood samples uh, they all tested positive on the presence of TCP, this, this trichrysyl phosphate, which shouldn't be there. It's 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 forbidden. It's uh, uh, it shouldn't be there in in the cabin. So people are breathing it, breathing this in, this uh, this nerve gas. It, it, this is nerve gas. It's an organophosphate. It's ridiculous that we're talking about it. But um, then the industry at a certain point couldn't. Uh, ignore or just say deny that the, the presence of it because all this evidence came in so then they said at a certain point they said well it's there but it's in such a low doses that it's, it's not harmful 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and then this lawsuit was there, but uh, most people, they don't have a file. They don't, you know, at a certain point, I had to go to this doctor of the of this this corporation and say, well, I think I'm being, uh, my health problems are caused by this and I have this evidence and then they have to put it in your file. But most people don't even do that because they're afraid to speak uh, because then suddenly you're, you're against this, uh, this corporation. So they don't speak out about it. So in that sense, it was a quite unique case, but there are, there are more cases about it. Uh, there was also a lawsuit of the cabin union in Australia who won a case against the uh, the industry because of this so that there are cases but not much and now it's even more difficult because the the, the airlines have sort of um bundled the forces oh merged I, everywhere I, yeah exactly so you 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 are up against uh, these top lawyers uh you don't have money you're completely sick your health uh, is bad so you it's, it's very difficult as as a uh, a single person to fight this industry. Yeah, when I uh, see these mergers, Willem, I always wonder what's going to happen with competition? What's going to happen with affordability? But we'll talk about affordability later when it comes to these these budget airlines because we also want to talk about chemtrails later because I've always wondered how are these airlines making money going from one place to the other for $99 unless somebody is paying them to deliver something while they're flying. But I just wanted to plant that seed because we're going to discuss that later. But when I watch the Dutch report where you're featured, when the reporter asked what actually happened with KLM, you said you didn't want to talk about it. Did you get a, and I understand if you don't want to talk about it, did you get a disability pension with a confidentiality or non-disclosure agreement? Yeah, that was that was uh, part of it. But uh, they say you become sick flying, so I have a sort of medical pension, um, and we stopped the whole thing. And uh, but yeah, there was this non-disclosure uh, agreement, which was in this documentary, and uh, that's why I said no, I cannot say anything about this. But I, I mean, the whole thing spoke for itself, of course, the whole documentary. Uh, and then the second part was on the international aspects of it with these pilots in EasyJet and so right. on. There are much more. So, but yeah, that was because of that. Having a relative high up in the airline industry, I suspect you were quote unquote taken care of. Uh, but of course, you need to stay silent. But as you said, the documentary spoke for itself. The answer is right there. You don't have to utter the words. Now, if pilots are suffering the health consequences, of toxic uh, oil fumes, shouldn't the public know since they're also suffering, perhaps not to the same extent, since most people don't fly on a daily basis like, you know, pilots do. So their exposure to this is much higher. That's true. That's true. And uh, the health problems, that that's a big taboo in aviation. It's not giving public as well. The, the, the figures, exact figures are not uh, made public of... Uh, of the health uh, health issues in, in aviation. And that's not for nothing because a, a lot of people are having health problems who are in aviation. And also passengers who fly a lot. There are also, uh, I mean, this, this group of bad detoxifiers who, uh, who are really having difficulties to detoxify of this, this, uh, these organophosphates. And again, uh, these are, these are nerve gases components. These are chemical warfare agents we are being exposed to. 
uh, in unknown amounts. <laughs> so this, this, the whole thing is, is, of course, is insane. But um, then you have another group of 30%, so three zero percent of people, so-called medium detoxifiers. These are people who are getting serious health problems after 10 to 15 years of flying, roughly speaking. Right? That's the average. So this is a, that's a huge group of people. Uh, and passengers, because there are also so-called so fume events, and that these are events when there is a technical problem, an engine failure or a sort of certain technical failures, when there is a huge exposure of these fumes. And this is, then it's, then you speak about a fume event. Then you see fumes in the cabin, and then uh, there is a huge release of these organophosphates. And then these after such a flight, uh, where sometimes uh, the whole uh, crew, cabin crew and cockpit crew didn't do any flight after that um, ever because they were so sick and their health was so uh, affected that they couldn't fly anymore after this such fume event. But the passengers all go home and they are not informed, so they don't they, they don't know anything about this. So uh, this this is a huge thing. This is this this, this is um, um, uh, yeah. A very big problem in aviation, and more and more people are having more and more problems with flying because of our toxic uh, um, assault nowadays. This multi-directional toxic assault. Besides the own, this exposure to these nerve gas components, there are a lot of other uh, toxic exposure we are having today. So more and more people are having problems with with flying. And for those who don't know, folks, all the air on a plane comes from the compressor of the turbojet engine outside. And by definition, that air is contaminated with low-level oil fumes. Plane oil contains substances that are harmful, even in low concentrations. Isn't this like plain Russian roulette, Willem? It is, yeah, it is. Because you, you never know how much exposure you, you can expect. So that I had at a certain point, I said, okay, I'm not going to fly anymore because I want to know how much exposure I can expect because I have a DNA uh, analyze which clearly says that I'm more sensitive and I have problems with de detoxifying of this organophosphate so I want to know how much exposure I can expect when I go to work but of course they don't do that because they don't uh, they don't take um, uh, uh, measures you know they don't, they don't record it or they, they they have an, uh, an indicator how much uh, of these organophosphates are in the cabin. So you don't know it. So it is a sort of Russian roulette indeed. And uh, in, in the aviation, in the airline I was flying, we knew certain airplanes with certain registrations were so-called bad, uh, bad planes with bad air. They all said, oh, we have to fly with this air. This is a bad one, you know, when everybody has headaches or dizziness or people fainting, then you know, okay, this is... This is one with with bad air, but we, mostly people saying, well, there is uh, less oxygen or the, the air is dry, but they don't uh, relate this to the the presence of organophosphates or nerve gas components in the in the in the cabin. So yeah, it is a, a sort of Russian roulette in that sense because you you don't know. And another thing is that these toxins, because organic these trichrysyl phosphate is one compound, but if you heat it. So the, the air is heated to like 600 degrees centigrade, and then uh, it gets all kinds of different properties because then it uh, it sort of divides in in, in um, isomers and other toxic components, which then react 
on each other and even even um, amplify the the toxicity. But that's taken not even taken into account. So there are we, there were some uh, analyses of the air in the cabin, which uh, which. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.